Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. This is episode number 146. I am your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is TJ McKinley. TJ, how are things going? Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And um, you are a, uh, a student at Mississippi State. Yes, and, I'm a, uh, so- yeah, I'm a go- sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. We're we're going to get a little bit more into your story and everything as we uh, as we get into the podcast. Uh, also joining us is my brother, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how are things going? Uh, living the dream, Rod. Looking forward yeah. to better days. Yeah, I crossed you up a little bit. We usually inter- introduce you first. Yeah, it's been so long since, since I did a podcast, I almost forgot how. It's been a couple. It's It's been a little while. So, uh, yeah. Definitely, it's uh, it's good to have you back, and uh, TJ, it's good to be talking to you. Um, everybody, you can find TJ on Twitter at uh, at Mister underscore TJ underscore Savage, and you can find me at Clearod B. And you can't find Jeff. So, um, all right, guys, uh, we're we're uh, we've actually got some Brown stuff to talk about. So there there have been a few moves and stuff happening and uh, the draft is what just just over a week away or actually a week a week from today is that right or a week from tomorrow from, week from tomorrow it starts a week from tomorrow one. yeah i had to get my and you, you have to get your day straight before you start thinking about how far off it is i guess huh <laughs> right yeah what is today <laughs> yeah today's wednesday that, yeah so um i tell you what guys let, let's just start um, before we dive into the Brown stuff, uh, TJ, we want to hear about your story and everything. And uh, because you um, you play you played high school ball, and um, you're going to Mississippi State now, studying studying economics, business economics. Um, but you ha- you want to play college football, and uh, I know you're originally from the Cleveland area, so. Let's hear a little bit about that story and what you have going on and what you see as your path to hopefully playing some college football. And um, I saw in, in your bio, um, you have some size to you. <laughs> so so let's hear a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I did not play in high school because of coaches' issues. I don't want to get into that right now. I'm be traumatized. I'm traumatized from my high school days. College football okay. wise, if anybody who listen, I'm 6'2, 245. I'm a linebacker, and I'm looking for any D1 coach that's looking for one. My name is TJ McKinley. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. TJ Savage. I'm just thankful. Well, let's not get to that. Let's, I'm just thankful to be on the podcast right now. Uh, it has been a challenging experience. It has been challenging for me to get on the team once again because of personal reasons. I don't want to get to because that's not what we're here for. But okay. I just like to take the time to thank Rod and Jeff for having me on. Okay, well that that's good enough. Um, I just saw you were six two two forty five, and I know you wanted to play. So yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sophomore for anybody that's listening. Absolutely. So um, you're a Browns fan, right? Die hard. Absolutely. So um. So I know you're living in Alabama now, and you're going and you're going to Mississippi State. So how long have you been in Alabama? And kind of kind of lead us through your uh, your Browns fandom and how how that developed. I don't know how long you lived in Cleveland and how long you've been in Alabama. Well, my mom, her name is Shantae McKinley. She goes by Pooh in Cleveland. Um, she 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 born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and my sister is. My brother's from North Carolina, but he he a Seahawks fan. I was there when we was when we sucked. I was still there when we started to get better. You know, no bad wagon fans. Um, <laughs> I've always I've always liked the Browns. Every time I go somewhere, oh Cleveland suck. Y'all ain't never gonna be good. Well, now that we're winning, oh I'm a Cleveland fan. No, no, I was there when we would get roasted every week. So I'm just glad that we're winning now. So how long have you lived in Alabama, just since you've been going to school down there? Oh, since ninth grade, yeah, high school. Okay, so um, 
so yeah so you're in cleveland for for quite a while <laughs> long enough to be a long enough to uh have lived through a lot of brown stuff and long enough to learn and, and to to follow the Browns since you've been since you've been down uh, living in the South, so yeah, I was in North Carolina. I was in North Carolina for a few years, and then I moved to Alabama. Okay, gotcha. So, um, so who are some of your favorite players on the Browns right now? Either now or in the past, anybody you've liked? Oh, okay. I like Josh Cribs. I like Brian Edwards. Edwards, the wide receiver. Um, Derek Anderson was good for a point in time. But actually, that whole that whole squad right there. The line we had um, I like the I like I forgot some of the defensive players, but I like them too. I, I know Browns fans gonna hate me right now. I like Denzel Ward. I like Jarvis, Miles Garrett. What's what's the other edge rusher? Um, Javion Clowney. I basically I just like to tell you I like the Batonio the um the office is that how you say it the offensive lineman Batonio yeah I like that we we I think we got the best online in the league that's just that's just my opinion um I just like I just like to I can't name what's off of my head right now I just like basically every year I just like all Browns players if you on the team I'm root for you that's that's not a bad way to look at it TJ <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's easier just to root for right. the for the team and the jersey, right, Jeff? You got it. <laughs> so, guys, there's actually, you know, we've we've kind of been sitting around, and there hasn't been a whole lot going on lately since the uh, since the since the trades of uh, of Watson and and. Um, Amari Cooper, that it seemed like things that had quieted down. Now all of a sudden there's been a little bit of action going on. So uh first of all, I want to get your reactions to the to the extension of of Denzel Ward, which which he's extended now through um twenty twenty seven, which sounds really, really far away um, <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm thinking retirement, you know, and I don't know. That that's a long ways away. But anyways, um, this is kind of cool because it actually, by extending him and giving him this uh, this um, five-year extension and for, for over $100 million, it actually created more cap space. It actually saved the Browns $8 million this season in cap. So I've got the numbers in front of me. I don't know. Jeff, have you had a chance to look at the numbers, of how they break down year to year on this? Well, what I can tell you is um, over the cap, when you pull up the website for the Browns, I actually had to add another tab. So 2027. So he's the only player going out that far. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, you go out to 2027, you see Denzel Ward um, with the Browns um, um, owing him. Well, his cap number's a little over $24 million. So, yeah, I think one of the things that Andrew Berry has always done well is is shift money down the road and give himself more flexibility in the, in the coming season. And this is just another example of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think the cap number is like 5 million this season, um, 12 million and 23, and then it goes up into the twenties thereafter. Uh, I saw some people talking how, how this, um, this deal could be renegotiated down the road. Like, like, uh, Denzel could still see another payday, or something, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I think this deal takes him through uh, to he's what 30, 31 or something like 31. that. Thirty one, yeah, thirty one. He's twenty four right now. Yeah. So um. Uh, you, yeah. You, yeah. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. So you you never know with a with a corner. Um. You know, I mean, uh, how how long they're going to play because it's such a speed related position and everything. But uh, well, these deals always look so huge when they're first signed. But then, you know, two, three years down the road, pretty soon it starts looking like a bargain. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think, TJ, when you heard about the extension? Were you surprised or were you expecting that this was coming? I knew it was coming. I wasn't surprised at all. He. I guess a prominent player for the secondary for the Browns, but as long as he's not one of those players where they get a big contract, all of a sudden they get injured every two days. As long as we don't have that problem. Yeah. 
Well, we know yeah. Denzel's going to miss some games. I mean, he, it, that's his history. He's, you know, he's going to miss two or three games a season, which that's okay as long as we have depth. Um, and as long as he plays like Denzel Ward uh, in the 13 or so games that we're going to have him in, uh, I think we've got a really good chance of, of winning those games. Um, because we've talked about it before, right? He, he just elevates the play of everyone else around him. And they're a different defense when Denzel Ward plays. So that, that's exactly what you look for in a guy that you want to have signed long-term like that is, is, you know, guy that has those kind of characteristics. Um, you know, you, you can substitute for him a couple, three games a year and, and make it through those games fine, but you're just not going to replace him at anything, you know, at any, at any price, you're not going to replace the impact he has on the team. Yeah. And, and guys, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other additions guys that they signed and, and get into draft and so forth. But I wanted to just, uh, there was a, there was a, a tweet that just um, talked about, or really just listed the, the guys that the Browns have signed out through 2024 and beyond. And just looking at the positions that they have locked up, you know, you can see that the Browns are really prioritizing what appears to be the right positions. Okay, obviously, uh, Deshaun Watson signed through 26. Uh, Chubb is through 24. Amari Cooper, 24. Uh, Betonio and Teller are uh, 26 and 25. And, and obviously, yeah, th- these are the these are their contracts. Um, you know, obviously, if, if you look at the contracts, some of these guys may not play through the end of the contract necessarily. There's, you know, there's outs in some cases in that, but, um, you know, that's on offense. Then defense is, is, uh, is miles and Denzel Ward. Um, you know, miles is through 26 Denzel Ward, 27 and Greg Newsom 26. So you got, you, you know, you got the, um, We'll just say the best defensive end in the league or, you know, in Cleveland, he is anyways. Um, I'm sure other people would argue. But uh, and then you got your two corners. Um, it seems really smart to to have those three guys locked up and to always be able to fill in kind of around them, um, you know, on an annual basis. You have other guys who are going to be there and, and going to develop and probably going to be around a long time. But um when you have cornerstones like that, you want, you want to have them around and it just, you know, I mean, in a passing league like this, man, putting pressure on the quarterback and having two top corners like that, uh, it's just kind of a game changer to know that those guys are going to be on the team for a long time. Browns need to upgrade their linebackers. I've been saying that for like past three or four drafts. Like, it's like we get, it's like we just be chasing the linebacker name and not the talent. What y'all think? So, you know anyone that could step in, TJ? Yeah. I I just think they just need a a prominent linebacker because I feel like they'll sign a linebacker, put him him on rookie deal. So, he might get injured. Like, two years later, we traded him for like a a star player or a key piece. Okay. I thought you were asking for an audition. If any college, if any college need one, any D one college, I need one. I'm clear about the NCAA, so I'm ready whenever they are. You could, you could be like LeBron, just go right to the pros. Yeah. Why not? If I, got, if I got people like y'all to push me, I'll get there. So I thank y'all for pushing me. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, what's the Jeff, the Rod, Jeff and Rod Blum? That's how you say it. Yeah. If I got people like y'all to push me, I'm gonna get there. Well, let's talk about the Browns, though. Let's talk about the Browns. I mean, you talk linebacker. I mean, you got uh, – it's really a matter of how the Browns play, too. And a lot of times they only have two guys out there. So, uh, you know, I think uh, JOK is is a guy who really showed his value last season and I think somebody who everybody's excited about. And then then you've got, um, you know, Anthony Walker who – uh, see what you want. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, he is. And then, and then I think it's a matter of uh, it's a matter of, of 
Phillips, who who really looked pretty good when he came back last season. It's a matter of what we get out of him and how how much he grows and if we can see him play for a season. I, I really think if JOK and Phillips can be out there as the you know when they're playing a four two five and Phillips can grow into that role, that I think the Browns are in good shape. But we really don't know that yet. Just just finishing the thought on your original point, Rod, as far as you know, having guys under contract at, at what I'll call the marquee positions yeah. on the roster um, is something that if we could roll back the clock five years ago, everybody was screaming for. You know, where are the guys who are in the prime of their career getting that second contract and laying down that foundation for the roster so that we're not having to go out and try to find free agents, try to draft guys that can fill those roles. Right now, we're sitting where we wanted to be five years ago. We have a handful of guys, you know, half a dozen or so guys at the premier positions in the league, quarterback, um, defensive end, cornerback, uh, wide receiver, uh, that that are all uh, Pro Bowl-level players who are under contract long-term and We've got that foundation in place now, and the contention window is wide open. Yeah, and you have guys in charge who are smart enough to not set these contracts up to where it gets the team in trouble. You know, and I think that's that's yeah, well, yeah, something different too. There's always a certain there's always a certain amount of risk with you know a long term deal, but I, I well, think sure. yeah. you know, they've 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 given them to the right guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just hope the, I just hope the Browns don't fall to the New Orleans Saints. We got we over like what thirty? What, what is the Saints like? Thirty million over in cap, forty million over the cap. Yeah, and they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were. They were in trouble. But um, teams always seem to find a way to to figure it out, though. You know, um, the Browns just keep finding more and more money. They keep signing guys, and and they keep getting more under the cap. It's kind of it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So uh, right now, I, I looked today, and the Browns were they they were showing as twenty eight million under the cap, but that's that's not counting some of the guys they just signed. So I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know what Weatherly's uh, Stephen Weatherly, who's probably the next guy we talk about. Um, I don't know what his deal is. I, I assume it's not a huge deal, but um, you know he's obviously signed a, a contract that's going to use some of that money. Um, and then there were a couple other guys signed today as well. So, so I, I assume they're still probably twenty million. You know, they probably still have twenty million in space, uh, easy at this point, um, which is which is kind of crazy with all the with all they've done. It's kind of nuts. Right. So, uh, so guys, they they did sign uh, defensive end Stephen Weatherly, who um, is in the seventh seasons. Originally a seventh round pick out of Minnesota in 2016, he played for the Vikings and the Broncos last season. Uh, played 15 games, 22 tackles, two and a half sacks, six five, two sixty five, and um, he ran a four six at the combine. So the guy's pretty athletic. Um, mm. You know, 4-6 is moving it for, for a defensive end. So um, so thoughts on uh, – you guys have thoughts on Stephen Weatherly or any knowledge of him, or do you have a chance to, to check him out at all uh, today? I'm just, I'm just, I'm I was a se- seventh-round pick, right? Yeah, seventh-round pick in 16, yeah. He ran a four six and he was a seventh round pick. Yeah, um, I think these signings recently here are more just about camp bodies right now. Um, yeah. you know, I'm not sure that any of these guys are going to be huge impact guys on the final fifty three. Yeah, yeah. So, so let let's go a step further. They they also signed. Defensive end Isaac Rochelle, and I'll be honest, guys, he he was a little bit later today. I, I pulled his information up, but I really didn't look look it over much. Um, he's been in the league for 
for a few years too. Um, he was also he was the seventh round pick of the Chargers in seventeen. So you're younger. Yeah. Um, similar similar kind of stuff. Um, he's played. I mean, you know, he's he's been around, played with different teams and stuff. Uh, played a bit last season. So um, it kind of seems like like these guys are guys who who could definitely challenge to be in the rotation at defensive end. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you want either one of these guys to, to, to necessarily be your, you know, your, your starter opposite miles. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so it's, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, the Browns also signed, uh, I'm leading up something here, guys. They also signed Sheldon day. Um, who we know about, um, mm-hmm. Jamarcus Bradley, Michael Dunn, um, and they signed wide receiver uh, Javon Wims. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you saw the tweet. He's the guy who um, who uh, cheap shotted a player on uh, Sunday Night Football, I think. Right. So, um, yeah. So he's got a little fire in his belly. So, but he he's a he's a uh, a veteran wide receiver who could you know challenge for you know depth at the position. Um, I don't think you're writing his name in as making the team either. So, um, <laughs> you know, definitely. I mean, the but, crazy thing right now, Rod, is is you know they brought Javon Wims in as a street free agent, and um, he's probably your number three receiver on the roster. <laughs> That just shows you how thin we are right now. We are. We are. We are, Jeff. We are. I, I agree. And I keep waiting for uh, for him to sign somebody, you know, somebody else. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be, but there are other guys still out there. Obviously, everybody wants Jarvis back. Um, everybody loves Jarvis. Uh, I don't know if the money's going to work yeah, out on Jarvis. Yeah, I think Jarvis, Jarvis is coming back here for, yeah. Not for a deal that, that is going to work for us. No, I, I agree. I don't to, think he is. He needs to sign some places they're going to pay him. Yeah, he's visiting. He's visiting. Uh, he's visiting uh, TJ Saints right now, or today wasn't it? Right. Today or tomorrow? Right. Yeah, TJ brought yeah, up the Saints. So. Um, it, you know, I don't know where they have the money either, since they were so far over the cap. But they are right. But um, but yeah, he he's talking to them. I know he's visited the Dolphins, and yeah, he's just trying to find a deal before the draft, before people just kind of forget about him because they, you know, because they draft other players. Oh, uh, Jarvis, Jarvis came from Miami. He sure he want to go back with the talent they just right. got. It's exactly. kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, but um, yeah, um. I really don't know. Um, wide receiver, you know, I I would uh, I just feel like the Browns are gonna still gonna sign somebody before the draft, or you know maybe they'll wait till after the draft. But I just keep thinking that uh, you know um, Will Fuller or Cole Beasley or somebody like that, the Browns are gonna sign, and it's not gonna be a huge deal, but it's gonna be a, some kind of veteran presence that can come in and be the number three or four receiver and just kind of you know uh, be there and and. Uh, you know, just be a steady target for for Watson. Um, I just think the Browns need a little bit more veteran presence in that wide receiver room than what they have right now. Now it's okay. nothing gets Amari Cooper, yeah. but he's only one guy. I feel, I feel, like, I feel like Deshaun Watson contract is killing our cut. Well, but it's, he's only costing them what? Um, what is it? He's it's, only costing like them a million dollars. It's like ten million this year. Yeah, yeah, it's not much this this season, and they still got twenty million. They still got twenty million to spend. I think they're just they're kind of waiting it out. Um, like I said, I mean Jarvis is out there, Cole Beasley, Will Fuller. There, there, there's still a couple other guys out there. I, I don't know. Um, what, what do you see happening, Jeff? Do you think? I mean, I I really thought that they were going to sign one of those guys and draft a guy. You know, by the third, you know, probably by one of the third round picks, and you know, and that would fortify that wide receiver room. 
Yeah, I think you really have to see how the draft shakes out. You know, this is a very deep draft again with wide receivers. And, you know, are we going to be able to pick up somebody that's going to jump into that number three receiver role? Um, you know, if we're just grabbing another guy like Anthony Schwartz, who's not necessarily going to be able to beat out Anthony Schwartz, then we're going to have to go out and find a vet. And, you know, if if we find somebody in the draft, if somebody falls to us or, you know, somebody really steps up in camp, um, you know, then maybe finding that vet wide receiver isn't as, isn't as important. But right now, wide receiver to me is feeling a little bit like um, the D-line felt last year, you know, and, and feels again this year, by the way, um, where they're probably just going to throw a lot of bodies at it and see, you know, who shakes out. Yeah, so so TJ, assuming that uh, that Watson is able to start, uh, you know, this season, which you know, depending on who you listen to, it sounds like he's probably going to be playing most, if not all, the season. How comfortable or uncomfortable do you feel with the wide receiver room, knowing that you've got Amari Cooper and and DPJ, and then you've got some other guys? And you know that Watson kind of raises the level of some guys. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about that situation? Are you are you relying on Watson to to bring the level up for some of these receivers, or do you really feel like the Browns really need to to address that position still? It depends. I feel like it depends on the type of offense they run. I feel like we know Deshaun Watson can scramble. He's not like Lamar scrambling, but he can still scramble. Amari Cooper, he he he's been injury prone in the past. Like he'll he'll be off like long period, well not long period of time, but he just get injured almost like every other season. But I really I I really feel like the Stefanski is gonna plan on Chubb. Like I think this season's gonna be one of them like two thousand yard season for Chubb. We but I mean Deshaun Washington, he he gonna do him. He probably gonna get like three four thousand pass yards, a few rushing yards. But I feel like it's gonna be a running team again. Well, Deshaun Watson had almost 5,000 passing yards in the last season he played. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and I don't know with, who all with he not had. not a with, great surrounding cast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, I don't know who he had. Did he have Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller on that team? Probably. But still, he probably just had those two guys and, you know, some scrap heap tight ends, and that's pretty much it. So, um yeah, you would like to think that the Browns can provide him with at least that much talent to throw to. So, and, and I and I agree, TJ. I think the uh, I I still think the Browns are going to run a lot. I don't think Nick Chubb's going to be hurting for carries, but I think they're going to throw more to the receivers than to than to, you know, um, than to just concentrating on the tight ends, kind of like they've been trying to do. I think they'll be going more wide receiver then you know i think the right wide receivers would be more involved is kind of what i'm thinking well and there's there's been some talk also rod of of uh kareem hunt um and demetrius felton in the slot just give, giving it a different look so um yeah I, I think tj's right we have to see what kind of offense the browns really plan to play this year um with a new quarterback and you know a different approach um you know I don't want to see the exact same type of, you know, dunking and, and tight end stuff that we have done the last couple of seasons. I'd like to see him open it up a little bit. Now, I don't think you go out and get Deshaun Watson to run that type of offense. I agree. <laughs> Why would you? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, um, that That's a great point, Jeff, um, you know, to put uh, to have Felton and uh, and Kareem Hunt out there in a the slot. Um Fulton's a guy I've kind of forgotten about when we're when we're talking about wide receivers, and he's a guy I was thinking early, you know, in that wide receiver room, and I've kind of uh, forgotten about him. And I, I really think he's going to wind up fitting better in the wide receiver room in the in the new offense because yeah. you know I just I don't know that you need a bunch of gadget plays when you have Deshaun Watson and you have you know mm-hmm. and you have um, wide receivers and you've got. Chubb and Hunt and everybody else. How many gadget plays do you need? Right, you know? like TJ said, with his with his mobility, um, what you need to do is just create lanes. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I would I would like to see Felton out there, um, and I would like to see. Uh, um, hopefully, we'll see some two back sets. <laughs> I'll keep asking for it. We got we got the O line. Ain't like his Texans O line. We actually have an O line for Deshaun Watson. Right. Yeah, can I mean, can you imagine Deshaun Watson up there with uh, with Hunt and Chubb splitting the backfield? Who are they gonna Who are they gonna cover? I mean, yeah. they don't know who's getting the ball, you know. So I think that'd be um, pretty smart. I wouldn't want to be an opposing linebacker. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, you just can't um, be ready for all three of those guys. You just can't. So. Um, so kind of here's what, here's what I want to do, guys. We've talked a little bit about the guys that have been signed. So uh, here's where the Browns sit right now. At, at um, I, I want to start with defensive end and defensive tackle. So the defensive end, the Browns have Miles Garrett. Um, they have they have Stephen Weatherly, Curtis Weaver, um, really strong so far, uh, other than Miles. Um, <laughs> Chase um, Chase Winovich. Um, is down down as a uh, defensive end and Isaac Rochelle. Okay, so um, that's kind of where they are. Let, let's just look at defensive end. So, so when you guys see that, I mean, to me, it's kind of uh, Miles is Miles. Then you have uh, Curtis Weaver, who is still a complete question mark. Okay, we really don't know what he is. And then you've got. Weatherly and Rochelle, who who are probably rotational guys, you know, um, at, at this point in their career. And then you got Chase Winovich, who I don't know if you want him to be here full-time starter at defensive end. How do you no. guys how do you guys feel about that? You know, about that uh, about that room, that defensive end room. I'm, I'm gonna go first. Because I know Jeff Jeff will do better than I do. I think I think they really just trying to Deshaun no Deshaun. Miles Garrett has asthma problems. Have y'all heard about that? His asthma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really feel like they had such think, a tough time with COVID. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think Miles Garrett getting up there with age not he's for him to be playing the way he's been playing at a high level football wise, he's getting up there. I feel like now they just stacking up bodies, like as Jeff said at D at D line. Like I think they just now just Okay, we just we just need y'all just to be a distraction for Miles Garrett because everybody knows Miles Garrett getting double team on every play. Everybody knows that, but I feel like they just need guys to be there. <laughs> I'm just being honest, Jeff. What you think, TJ? TJ, I'm impressed that you were able to at at your. I'm assuming you're what 19, 20. I'm 19. Um, 19, yeah. I mean, only a 19 year old could look at a 26 year old and say he's getting up there in age uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um yeah defensive end is is a problem right now and it makes you yearn for Jadavian Clowney to resign uh, because I think what the Browns have is um a couple of guys who can come in as that uh third down pass rushing specialist, which is, you know, where I see Winovich, which is maybe where Curtis Weaver will surface. Um, and then they've got a couple of guys in, in Rochelle and Weatherly that could be a rotational um, defensive end, um, like, um, oh, shoot, you're on a blank right now. The guy that's been in that role the last couple of years, uh, maybe like Port Augustine. Port Augustine or Joe um, Jackson, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I really think we need to find a first and second down defensive end to bookend for Miles. And if it's not Jadavian Clowney um, and it's not a guy in the draft, um, then, man, Andrew Berry's really got his work cut out for him to find somebody to, to, to plug in there. Um, my first hope would be that you know they can somehow find money to bring Jadavian back thought that fit was outstanding. Um, If not, then, you know, hopefully that that pick number 44, we can find a guy who is a first and second down defensive end who can maybe slide inside uh, and and allow somebody like Winovich or Weaver to create that, you know, that pass rushing package, that NASCAR package or whatever uh, they're going to run on third downs. 
otherwise, man, there's not a lot going on on the defensive line right now. And, you know, hopefully we're going to see a bunch more bodies. Yeah, and it, go ahead. Go ahead, TJ. I hope the Browns do not pull the Giants. Yes, Giants fans, I am roasting y'all. I hope the Browns don't pull the, the Jets and the Giants where they pick like a running back and we don't need one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, if they go running back at 44, I think what everybody's jaw is going to drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, Jeff, uh, uh, guys, at defensive end, I think you look at the room and it's it's not a bad room if you if you add <laughs> if you add Clowney to it because you feel pretty good right. about these other guys being the backups. But you don't feel right. great about any of these other guys being the starter opposite Miles. But um, no. you know, I think I think Winovich, uh, you know, Weaver, if he looked good, Weatherly, Rochelle, any of those guys could be could be um, could turn out to be decent rotational guys. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but you're right, Jeff. They, I mean, Sheldon Day, Sheldon Day didn't didn't did, Sheldon Day didn't show us much early in the season, but by the you know last few games. Um, he was contributing as a rotational D tackle, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, you need guys like that on the roster. Yeah, so let let's move to to D tackle. And right now, you got you, you have Sheldon Day, thank God, um, Taven Bryan, uh, Jordan Elliott, and Tommy Togiai. Okay, you have I think at least three guys that you think are are. Uh, I don't know, decent. Um, Taven Bryan, Sheldon Day, Jordan Elliott. Um, Tommy Togia is, I think, almost completely unproven at this point. Um, the other guys, you know, I don't know if you're thrilled that any of them are your starter, but you're you're hope you're hopeful that they're gonna play well. Right. Um, you know, and at right. least they've played some. So so how how bad does the DT room look to you guys right now? Yeah, you go first. Me go first. Yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff's nominated. Um, the thing that concerns me is the the two guys that that beat these guys out last year aren't returning. Yeah. So, yeah. What is what does that say about? these guys that, that, that they couldn't win a job last year um, when they competed with two guys that, that didn't stick for another season um, mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, you know, you can only be developmental for so long. And, and pretty soon a guy like Jordan Elliott has to step into a starting role, you know, um, as a – he was a third-round pick, right? So, I mean, by this That's point yeah. in his career – he should be ready for a starting role. Um, if he's not, then you know you, you really have to wonder um, about why he's still on the team. You know, um, and Togi is a year you know a year behind him in that process. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think this I don't think this part of the roster is complete by any stretch of the imagination. What do you think, TJ? Yeah, I'm looking. They only got like four, like three or four D tackles t- currently on the roster. So, like like Joe said, right. um, I just think the whole D. I think they. I think they have a JJ Watt effect. They depend on way too heavy on, on one player on the line to do something. I feel like the Browns really need to pay attention to the um, D line depth chart. Yeah. What do you guys uh, What do you guys think about Malik Jackson? Would you Would you like to see the Browns bring him back or not? He's I think he's still out there as a free agent. I know there are other other guys out there, but he's he's a guy they could probably get back pretty inexpensively. Um, he's not gonna He's not gonna get sacks or anything, but you know, I mean, he was a starter last season for the Browns. He's what 32, 33 right. this season. He'll yeah, I don't cool. know how much gas he's got left in the tank. Yeah, he'll be he'll be all right. <laughs> he'll be cool, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like he yeah. wouldn't excite you, but 
I don't know. I mean, do you, do you like him better than Jordan Elliott or Tommy Togia is the question. And I, you know, I don't know at this point. Yeah, that's it. There's just guys like Sheldon Richardson out there. There's vets out there that, you know, if the Browns can't upgrade the position any other way, um, there are guys that, you know, are on the downside of their career that, that they could bring in, you know, as a, as a bridge. Um, man, it, yeah, it's just going to be real interesting to see how the draft evolves because, um, I definitely think this has to be the first priority for the Browns is somebody on the defensive line. And, and I want to see a guy that swings. If we're going to, if we're going to do a tweener guy, it needs to be a guy who goes from defensive end to defensive tackle. Um, not a guy who goes from defensive end to linebacker. I don't want one of those tweeners. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so obviously there, there's still needs at, at, uh, at, um, on the defensive line, um, right now there's still a need at wide receiver. What other what other needs are there really on this team, um, draft wise? You know things that the Browns really have to address. A kicker, obviously. Kicker. <laughs> we need a damn kicker. Okay. Lehigh kickers for Phil Dawson. No. Yeah, yeah, we have guys that come in and kick. Decent for a while, but yeah, nobody consistent. You know, not for very long. Um, you're at, you're right. If you a Browns fan? Right. You don't know who Phil Dawson is. I, I can't, I can't, I can't take you right. serious. We can't, <laughs> we can't be friends. That's um, right. You know, we need a tight end. We need a, a third or fourth tight end. Um, and, and I think this draft sets it sets up really well for us to find uh, a guy that can step in and you know in that role. Um, as a rookie, so uh, our first three picks have to be in our, we have three picks in the top 100. I think they have to be defensive line, tight end, and maybe receiver. It might be double dipping on defensive line. There's enough quality receivers in this draft that I think we can find somebody um, in the Anthony Schwartz vein to push him for that number three receiver role. Um, unless somebody drops that really is going to wow us higher up in the draft, uh, that's probably as soon as I see us going wide receiver. It's yeah, I mean, you're, I'm sorry, your fourth pick's 107. So, um, so I mean, you, you can obviously double up defensive line somewhere there and still, and still right. hit the other position at 107. So, sorry, TJ, go ahead. You were gonna say something. It's it's so many receivers in this draft class. Like it's crazy. It's almost like the talent pool of receiver. Like the combine is like what's up? They're talking about what four two, four threes. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. I think yeah, everybody... run at four threes and stuff. It's kind of, yeah, it was nuts just watching the, the speed everybody... of these guys. I think everybody's trying. I think everybody's trying to get them a Tyreek Hill. Like I really think everybody's trying to get them one. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have Jakeem Grant that you know can can do that. Um, I, yeah, again, we we took the the speed guy last year, um, and, and Anthony Schwartz demonstrated what speed can do. Um, but you, you know, you you have to be able to catch the ball. You have to be able to get open. Uh, you have to be able to complete a, a route tree. Um, so, you know, unless we can find a guy that's that's a more finished, more polished receiver than him. Um, I don't see us going that route in terms of a complimentary receiver to Amari Cooper. I almost see us doubling down on the possession guy. Um, you know, someone big handsy that can, that can get us the tough yardage, um, which really none of our guys have shown a desire to do that yet. No. Yeah. So, um, so let, let's talk a little bit. A little bit of draft here. Um, we we were already obviously, anyways, but I'm talking specific players, okay? Um, right. I want to know. Um, and we'll, we'll start with you, Jeff, and then TJ. Jump in if there's guys you want to talk about. But we're talking 44. You know, at 44, people are people are talking. People just keep bringing up the Browns moving into the first round of this draft. Guys, it, it, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. 
the Browns want to use these picks in this deep draft. They're not going to consolidate picks and move up and not take advantage of the depth of this draft. I just right. I, I can't see how they're going to move up into the first round and what give up like give up like what three picks maybe to do it. No, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, we don't I mean, have the draft capital anymore to do that after the Watson trade. No, and who? I mean, who would? Who would they want near the end of the first round or something to move up for? You know, that's not going to be there at 44 that's worth giving up that much for. Yeah, I think if one of the defensive ends fell. Um, if Carlos they're unable to sign instance. Clowney, yeah, if they think yeah. the Clowney deal's off, yeah. like in Carl Loftus or somebody sitting there at 30. Right. I mean, Detroit's, Detroit's got the, the 32nd and the 34th pick. Okay, and I'm really interested to watch what they do with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you know if if somebody is sitting there that a team really covets, Detroit's in a great position at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, to yeah. to move one of those picks for yeah. for more assets. Um, and if you know if a guy like Carl Aftis fell, um, you know that somebody said, well, there's a there's a huge drop off after him to the next tier of of defensive ends. And edge guys, okay. Now it, it's it's worth going up and getting a guy like that. Um, yeah, I just yeah, really I don't think that. the Browns have the capital to do that. It'd be tough because they're probably trading a, a second rounder from twenty three or something like that, or a third rounder in twenty three. I mean, whatever they have left, I, I don't even know without looking at it. Um, I think they gave up their first and third in twenty three, didn't they? Um, so it'd be tough yeah, to go up the second round. They too, have the right? extra one for the the Adolfo Mensa deal. They have, they have an, an extra, extra third, third next year. Next year also, yeah. And they they gave up a first and third next year. Then a yeah, um, right. Yeah. So you know you've got a little bit there, but um, realistically, I think I agree with you, Rod, that that they're going to sit at forty four. Um, you know, you might see them move up a little bit, but. Um, they're going to sit at 44 and look for the best defensive lineman in that position. And, and maybe it's, like I was saying, one of those guys that that kind of fills a dual role. You know, if a guy like Logan Hall is still there. Um, yeah. That, that's uh, you know, kind the, of the guy you, you, you would hope would be there, right? Would that be your kind of your desired guy that, that um, you would like to see? Uh, yeah, I mean, there? probably – Probably, I mean, Demarvin Leal. Um, you know, there's there's a few others in that mold. I think that you know we talked about with Peter a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know that I think can can do both for you and and give you some flexibility on the D line, which you know would really help Joe Woods to to start to build some different looks. Um, you know, then they they could also go a, a more traditional defensive end kind of guy um you know cameron thomas has been falling you know if he's if he's still there at 44 um you know he could be a first and second down guy i think um potentially a three down guy um you know opposite miles uh but i think yeah they, they've got to look at, at those kind of guys i mean i've seen travis jones mocked a lot i honestly don't see them going for a one technique i just think That'd be that'd be stupid to to draft a one technique that high. Yeah, it didn't really fit. Yeah. Um. So, um, TJ, thoughts on thoughts on the draft? Um, have you been following us very closely? Play, um, defensive line players. I've been I've been looking at a few like Jermaine Johnson. I really just want to say shout out to all the small school players who have fought their way to get to the draft, who even getting looked at, because I know it's hard with the big Power 5 schools. So I just want to say shout-out to all the small school players. Yeah, um, yeah, Jermaine Johnson's a guy who's moved up, I think, you know, at least on boards. I guess we'll see when the draft gets here, right, Jeff, as far as how far he's actually moved up. But uh, Yeah, yeah I mean, I think he's – I think he's going to be long gone before we pick, but you know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's four, possibly five guys that are, you know, first rounders that we're, we're just not going to get a look at. Um, and then beyond that, I think most of them are those tweener guys. They're the guys that are going to work best in a three, four 
um, or as a pass rushing specialist. And I just don't yeah. see us taking a pass rushing specialist with our first pick in this draft. No, we need a, a traditional defensive end if we're taking if you're yeah. taking a defensive end. So, so yeah. tell me this, uh, David Ajabo. I've been hearing different things about him and him dropping on some boards and some people saying, you know, reason not to draft him. Have you been following this, Jeff? And where where do you stand on Ajabo? Ajabo, and where do you think he's where do you think he's going to end up going? Is he still a first rounder? Well, well, he's definitely a first round talent. I think he's falling because of the, the Achilles injury. Um, yeah, and and you know, teams are going to be reluctant to commit huge capital to that kind of an injury. We saw what it what happened with Grant Delpit. It took him you know almost two seasons to come yeah. back. Well, yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, um, you know, and so yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's a tremendous athlete. And I think if he hadn't suffered the injury, he probably would have been a top 15 pick. Um, yeah. What I'm hearing is, is he's, he's going to be probably a top of the second round guy. And for us, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, we need, we need somebody who can step in and um, like, you know, the, the caveat there is that, he signed Genevieve and Clowney, and we're developing the guy to replace him at the end of his contract. Right, right. Um, I still think we need someone who can play this year. Yeah, I, I agree. It'd be tough to take a guy with an injury like that. Is that the dude who got injured? Is that the Michigan? That's a Michigan dude. Yeah, the Michigan defense. Yeah, and his, and his yeah, I'm saying that, he, he, the other one. That, yeah. yeah, he tore his Achilles. He, he like he he was coming back and like he just started stumbling. He fell. I seen that. He fell and all the coaches just stood around. Nobody, nobody even wanted to help him. Yeah, it was yeah, they, ridiculous. They, they did him. They did him dirty. It was it's, horrible. It's yeah. a horrible injury to watch. I mean, you know, I remember when um, Olivier Vernon uh, tore his in the last game a couple seasons ago, and you just watch the guy just fall down, and you know, it's it's incredibly painful, um, yeah. and people just have to stay away until the guy can kind of scream it out, right? Um, yeah. And, and it's a tough recovery. It's a tough surgery. Um, you know, for, for a young guy, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's got a good chance of, of bouncing back, but you know, there were questions again about Grant Delpit and, you know, what was, what was going to be the effect, you know, what was, was it going to impact his speed and his explosiveness, all those things. Right. So, um, you know, teams are, teams are going to be a little bit reluctant. Yeah. So, um, so, so Jeff, who would the uh, who, who's your top second tier defensive end? Who, who's the guy that makes you think at forty four that that didn't drop out of the first round? You know, who's the top of the second tier? Come on, Jeff. True defensive end. I mean, any of these guys could be. Well, yeah, I know. Inside, but I, I think probably the guy that the, the guy that I think would be the best fit for us that has the best chance of being there that, that could hopefully win a starting job opposite miles would be Cameron Thomas. Okay. I'd, I'd spend the 44th pick on him. Um, it's probably a little bit of a reach. Um, you know, unless somebody like Devonte Wyatt falls down, um, you know, somebody really explosive inside, um, or, you know, maybe a, Logan Hall that, you know, that you, you see an opportunity to use him in different packages. Um, but I think Cameron well, Thomas that's kind is, of where is Logan still the Hall, safe pick. That's kind of where Logan Hall might be, though, right? That kind of uh, kind of realistic for him, 44, maybe. I mean, you know, you don't know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but, I've seen him. I've seen him mock different places. You know, I mean, he it's it's yeah. it's close. Um and these guys move around a little bit, you know, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's there's a handful of guys in that group. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think there's a handful of guys in that group that, that the Browns would do well with, with any of those guys um, and just figuring out how to utilize them. I think the I'm, question I'm, was defensive end. Who's most defensive end like. Yeah. Yeah. I love, so, how you, I love how you break down. 
I love how you break, down, break it down. He does a nice job. Yeah. Right. So I don't even so, get paid for this, TJ. Uh, as soon as I get paid, you'll get paid, Josh. Anyway, so right. <laughs> uh, wide receiver. TJ, do you have favorite wide receivers in this class you, that you think might be there in the second round? I know this class is so deep, so um, anybody that you really like that you would like to see in uh, in Cleveland, second round or even or later, actually. Docs at uh, Penn State. Well, that's it. That's it. You don't know what, how things can drive. I like that um, receiver at USC, but they got him going like top 20. Drake London, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a few talking about here. It's just so it's like it's just so many of them. A lot of them broke out in the draft. Like I was shocked. Like I legit watched the draft. I was shocked. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be. I think, I think every receiver who ran less less than four four being drafted. I'm sorry. (laughs) Which I would that just be? Yeah, a lot of guys who um. Who some some people thought were going to be sleepers went and ran a, a darn four three seven and then it's like okay they're not a sleeper anymore. Exactly. <laughs> right. Jose, uh, yeah, everybody liked uh, uh, Christian Watson. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to take him in the fifth round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, that's Christian not gonna Watson's going to be gone at the end of the first. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But again, you know, as with every draft, there there are there are Christian Watsons, and then there are one A Christian Watsons and one B Christian Watsons, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. There's there's a guy who's of that same mold, who isn't quite of the same talent level, um, but the drop off may not be significant enough that you don't feel comfortable taking the guy later. You know. Um, uh, the, and I, we've talked about several of these guys in the past. Rod, uh, you know, Romeo Dubes out of Nevada. Um, I love the guy, and he, and he disappears on a lot of draft boards. Yeah, um, I really like him. I, you met, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could you step around. You know, if he's still sitting there, like in the fourth fourth round, I mean, that, that's a steal. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Christian Watson. Um, I think Alec Pierce is sort of a poor man's Christian Watson. You know, he's going to be around or two later. Um, but I think he's capable of, you know, nearly as much. So there's great opportunity to, to get a guy who's complementary to what you're trying to do on offense. You know, and I think that's really going to be the decision. You know, are, are we looking for a small speed guy to play in a slot? Are we looking for a possession guy? You know, what are the characteristics that we're trying to find in that receiver? And then there are, you know, again, there are A, B, and C guys in each of those, and, and D, E, and F guys in each of those that, you know, I think would have a good chance of contributing. Uh, like TJ said, you know, who knows how healthy our receiving core is going to be, you know? Um, we need to have that depth with guys that, that we feel comfortable plugging in. And this, this draft's a great place to do that. Yeah, so, um, so Jeff, who, which receiver – that w- would be sitting there at 44 that makes you say, screw it, I'm taking a receiver. <laughs> Is there anybody? You're, you're asking me my question in, in reverse. <laughs> I am pretty much, yeah. Back, yeah. back when we had back when we had uh, the, the high pick in the first round. Uh, yeah, who would, pretty who much. Who would make yeah, I'm you not take you. a receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think if, if somehow if Christian Watson fell down to us at 44, um, or if we could trade up a few spots um, without, you know, burning all of our draft capital um, and, and grab him. Um, you know, I think he'd be a great fit um, with, with what we will try to do as an offense. Um, other than that, I, I, think, I think all the other guys are, are going to be gone in the first round. Um, and the guys that are kind of, you know, in that gray area, through J1 Tolbert. Not, is it Tolbert? Yeah, not I'm just Tolbert, not as big so. a fan of those guys, you know? I mean, yeah. Tolbert's got some speed and some Tolbert's size. Okay. Um, Garrett Justin Wilson. Ross. Yeah, Garrett Wilson I mean, probably might be the first one taken. Yeah, he, he might be in the top five. Um, yeah, he could be. Now, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I think I think no, there I, are I was thinking of receivers Dotson. there. Uh, Jahan Dotson is he? He's Jahan. Um, yeah, Jahan, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know about him. I mean, he's probably the last yeah, of the top group, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm more I'm more leaning toward a guy with some size and some possession characteristics as a compliment to our group. Um, then, you know, a speed guy, um, you know, or, a, or a twitchy type of guy. Um, so let's see how that evolves. But if, if you're asking me, you know, who I would burn that 44th pick on instead of someone on the defensive line, it would have to be someone that I'm really, really in love with, because I think I can Mike get Watson. a guy really close to that later in the draft. Um, yeah. and my, my need at defensive line is either D tackle or, or D defensive end is, is so much greater than receiver that I would have to be totally, totally in love with the guy. I, I'm with you. And, and, you know, guys like Romeo, Romeo Dubes or Dobbs and, uh, Alec Pierce. I mean, Alec Pierce, his, his numbers were so crazy at the combine. I think he had the best vertical, um, you know, yeah. of anybody. I um, mean, and he's already a, a tall guy and everything. Um, just very athletic guy. You know, I think he's going to be a really, you know, a really good pro. Um, you know, it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to not believe that there's going to be somebody like that available. And, you know, with one of those third or fourth round picks, you know, so, um, so yeah, you hate yeah. to kind of reach at 44 when you need one of these other guys, but, um, yeah, there, there's so many guys. Um, we could probably talk wide receiver for another hour, guys. Um, so, so here, here's my question, TJ. Which, which pick do the Browns need to use in order to get one of the, the top kickers in this draft? That's uh, Cameron Dicker, who people are talking a lot about, and or uh, Cade York. Um, two, two of the top kickers. Which, which pick do the Browns need to use? I mean, can they? You think they can get one of those guys with uh, one of the seventh round picks, or do they need to use a, a sixth or higher? I'm gonna be honest. I think the Browns have too many main positions that they're trying to fill. Like we talked about, wide receiver, D line, linebacker. Then they got to worry about, um, yeah, basically the whole D line. Kickers, unless unless they get the Adam. I mean, uh, um, Vinatieri or somebody like that. I don't see the Browns use a, a kicker, like a wonder picks. Okay. So, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Do you think they use a pick to go after one of those guys or not? Yeah, it's it's hard to argue for drafting a kicker. I mean, I, I I've advocated for doing that in the past, but um, kickers are available uh, as as free agents and and. The problem with kickers is, is that, that their shelf life is so short. You know, you, you can go through the history of the NFL and, and probably come up with a pretty short list of Sebastian Janikowski-type kickers who had any staying power in the league um, that, that warranted a, a, you know, a mid-round draft pick. Well, so, he was taking, what, the second yeah. or third round, too. <laughs> The Raiders. Like yeah, like I think it was a first rounder. Actually, it was a first. I can't. I know it was. It was yeah. by the third round. The, yeah. <laughs> the Raiders no, but, were nuts. I mean, the, the Raiders had that kind of history. But um, they yeah, do but, but the they guy want. scored. I don't know how many thousand points did the guy score in his career, though. So you know, I don't, um, I don't know. It's fun to watch him kick, though. You know, he right? Punished but as as, <laughs> as, <laughs> as as kickers go. Uh, and the same with punters. I mean, they're, they're just typically they're going to have a season or two where they're, you know, really worth having. And then you're on to the next guy. So yeah. it's more of finding the right, you know, the right ebb and flow in that cycle, you know, ver versus drafting guys that have tons of talent. So, yeah, I, I'd love to see us get better at kicker. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking unless, you know, they get to one of those seventh round picks and there's just not a running back that they really like or. Um, you know, some sort of developmental lineman or something there that and a kicker sitting there. Yeah, maybe. Could happen, man. There's a ton of great running backs in this draft, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, all right, guys, we've been going for a long time. So, um, so let's get some closing remarks. Um, 
TJ, we appreciate you sitting down and talking with us uh, tonight. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. What, uh, what would you like to say to, to all the Browns fans in closing? Okay. Um, first of all, this is TJ McKinley. You can find me on Twitter at, at Mr. TJ Savage. To all the Brown fans out there, do, do not get down because of, of the, the scandals and all the allegations going on around the team. We will come back stronger. I know it's not cliche, but we, we've been through enough downfalls. So I don't think it's time for Brown fans to go back to that. So just be patient. Excellent. Uh, Jeff, words for the uh, listeners in closing? Good good points, TJ. Um, yeah, the draft's going to be fun next week. Next week, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, Nick Saban, if you're listening, the name was TJ McKinley. Um, ring him up. Absolutely. <laughs> this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.